0: hello everyone yes i am still taking down my hair and this is indeed the second podcast that i'm doing as i'm taking down my hair if you believe it or not i am actually still on the same row that i was on um literally when i did the other podcast which was 24 minutes long so it's taken me 24 minutes to take down three braids which is not the best but i think it's because i'm also talking and I think it's because I'm trying to find my groove I'm still not like in the groove yet but before I begin this podcast I just wanted to say hello everybody how are you doing today um I am doing great and I really am having a fun time something that I decided to do yesterday was to purchase a book hold on got to take a note real quick Before I forget. Okay. Three. Okay. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Something that I decided to do this yesterday was I wanted to start reading more adult books, right? Because when you're an educator. You like, you know, are always look, on the lookout for children's books, always on the lookout for books, you know, for your kids and for your students. And I love reading children's books because a lot of children's books are really deep and are really good. Like, the book Refugee is my all time favorite book, and it still makes me cry, still makes me like laugh and fall in love every single time. I'm still amazed every time I read it at the actual audacity of the author to create such a wonderful story. Like, he had the audacity to literally tie everything in together and it's so beautiful and so that will forever be well I will not say forever but it is one of my favorite books and for me I really 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 enjoy reading that's something that has been a pleasure of mine since I was young like reading has been something I enjoy a lot and so I was like this summer though I kind of want to do i don't know okay wait i'm just gonna say real quick this is so off topic but as i'm taking down my braids i'm realizing that my hair isn't actually as bad as i thought it was and now i'm taking them down i kind of want to keep them in but i already started so it's like that's tough can't go back now anywho um (laughs) so and and believe it or not that first row that i started on is done now so we're on to the next um, but what I will say is that the I, I had this desire to get another book that was more of like an adultish type of book, right? Because I'm no longer in the YA section anymore. So like that urban fiction, that like young adult teen novel era is no longer stuff that I'm interested in. Um I, I don't find it fascinating anymore like I used to. I used to eat the books up and now I can't even look at them. Can't even look at them because I'm like, and you it's so funny to me because you can tell a YA novel just by looking at it. Like I can look at a book and be like, that's a YA novel. <laughs> like, you can tell. Um, especially when you read the synopsis at the back of it, you're like, yeah, okay, this is giving, this is giving teenage fantasy fiction, whatever, you know. Um, so when Kamari and I were at Walmart yesterday, I decided to look through that book section and I wanted to find a book, you know, that I could read. Um, that would be interesting, and so, and and I do have a bunch of like adult books that I read, like Kenobi is an adult book. One could say I would say it is a little bit more like because it's like Star Wars related. It is a little bit more for like a larger, broader audience. And then I love the book like Crazy Rich Asians. That's another book that I got that I loved. Um, there's parts of it that I don't love, but the overall like story and stuff like that is something that I appreciate um and so yeah so I have a couple of books that I like actually enjoy and read and stuff like that um and I did want to go back and read some of those books like I'll probably go back this summer and read Kenobi and go back and read Crazy Rich Asians um but I wanted to read something new and so that leads me into what I wanted to talk about to today which is the book Um, Miss Pearly's Girls, written by Rashonda something Billingsley. I want to say Rashonda Tate Billingsley. I want to say that's her name, but you can look it up and find out yourself. Um, that's That's your homework for today. And so what I will say about this book, I have it, I have my notes written down and I have a lot of notes. So what I would say off the bat is that this is not a book that I'm used to. So I'm now in this stage where I'm moving out of YA books. And while I still read children's books, it's no longer for my pure enjoyment, but it's for the purpose of like me reading so that I can give it to my students or me reading, you know what I mean, for that purpose. So like, I, I'm, I'm not used to yet reading like adult books. And so um I felt like this was a really good transition book that represent a lot of represented a lot of stages that I'm about to enter stages of like singleness to marriage marriage to kids like it represented a lot of those stages and so it was intriguing to my current age and stage um and it was intriguing because it looked at that kind of like futuristic lens of like this is gonna be me one day you know what I mean Overall, I would give this book a rating of a four out of five. Um, there were some parts that I wasn't particularly a fan of, however, overall I think I would rate the book this way just because the different categories that I broke it down into had high ratings. So one of the categories was the plot line. The plot line I gave a four out of five because some of the plots were predictable, right? Like there was a situation in which Stella and um, Lincoln like I knew Lincoln was gonna come and visit this is a spoiler by the way so I'm just gonna say ahead of time if you're not down for the spoiler probably stop it here if you want to read the book and you're interested in reading it before I give spoilers go ahead or sometimes when you hear spoilers, you're actually interested in reading the book because you want to see for yourself how everything played out, right? Like you wanna know the background, you wanna know more. So like if you're that type of person where you wanna hear all the details so you can see if this is something you're interested in reading, then yeah, okay. Then keep listening. Um, but what I will say is it's spoilers. So um, the plot line, I give it four to five because some of the plots were predictable. Some of them I was like, we already know. Like when Stella had fallen down at her mama's casket and was crying and stuff like that like i already knew whenever somebody spoke to her i already knew that person who was speaking to her was lincoln who was her like boyfriend of sorts which i'll get into explaining a little bit later but like i knew automatically that's what that was gonna be like i knew it and so there's certain parts of the story that were very predictable that were very like cliche one could say but overall the plot was generally good like the plot it had substance it was not lacking in a lot of areas um they so they were solid um the dialogue I gave a five out of five I was so engrossed the entire time people spoke because what happened was a lot of the dialogue had hidden undertones to it it had hidden um parts to it that we didn't quite know as readers yet until we got certain flashbacks. So there were certain things that were talked about that we didn't know as the reader because we didn't we didn't have that previous background knowledge. But then when there was flashbacks introduced, we were able to gather that. And so the dialogue, I gave a five out of five because I was engrossed the entire time. Then relatability, I gave a five out of five. This is specific to me just because I am a black woman who grew up in the South and like my family's from the South. So like I, a lot of the things that they said are related to a lot of the places that they lived are related to a lot of like those like quotes and stuff like that were things that I've heard or my family has said. Um, And so I feel like as far as relatability, like how do I feel I relate to this or is it easy to, is it so fictional that you can't really relate to it? No, like it definitely is giving realistic fiction of sorts. So that I would say is a five out of five. And then also the organization of the book is I gave a four out of five. I think that there's certain parts of it that could have been organized differently to keep us on the edge. Like one of the main examples of this is when the secrets were finally being spilled out, you know, between the sisters um, I would say that at that point in time, it felt like very rushed. Like it felt like everybody's secrets all came out at one time and now we have to do it. And so it felt like the organization of that could have been done a little bit better. But overall, I think it did a great job of keeping me on my toes and keeping me thoroughly engaged throughout the rest of the book. So with that being said, let's dive into a synops- synopsis. Of what the book was about the book is basically about these four girls they are miss pearly's girls miss pearly is the mother of four girls which we later find out is not actually true but just bear with me for a second so basically miss pearly bell has four daughters she has a daughter named um maxine who's the oldest she has two twin daughters named stella and the girl's name is actually Ella so I don't know why she would name her child Stella and Ella as twins but then Ella ended up changing her name to Star so the twins girls are Stella and Star and then um basically she has another quote unquote daughter named Leslie but we find out later that Leslie wasn't actually the daughter of Miss Pearlie but Leslie was the daughter of the oldest daughter Maxine so it technically is Maxine, Stella, and Star are all Miss Pearlie's girls, and then Leslie is actually Maxine's daughter, which we'll dive into a little bit later on how that happened, but all her life, Leslie grew up believing that Miss Pearlie was her mother, and Miss Pearlie did raise her and take care of her, and was her, her mother, so, like, it, she was her, she was her like guardian and like to care of her, but she wasn't technically her biological mother. So um, basically what happens is all these sisters have pent up trauma, pent up emotions about things. uh, And so each of them has something that really, you know, bothers them or is something that they struggle with throughout the story. So, uh Maxine's thing, and this is the reason why she had uh Leslie, was because she ended up actually being raped by a family member. And her family member was actually her uncle who was the brother-in-law of her mom. So basically, Miss Pearlie's sister, Paula, had a husband named Kitty, and Kitty was the one that ended up raping Maxine. Um, And so it was a whole dramatic scene because they were trusted relatives and they ended up violating maxine like that and so then maxine was very young she was 14 years old when that happened and so leslie when she came into the world you know as a baby um maxine actually ended up really despising leslie not because of leslie but because of what leslie represented and so leslie was the image of and memory of what happened to her as a child maxine being raped is now reminded constantly of the situation because of leslie and so leslie grows up all her life thinking that her quote-unquote sister hates her right because maxine she, she was told maxine was her sister so she thinks that maxine hates her all her life and that ends up becoming a very tense dramatic situation traumatizing situation between the two because maxine actually really did loathe leslie not because of leslie as an individual but because of what she represented. And so that was a point of tension that had really caused those two girls to separate from one another and um, not be fond of one another. And then Stella and Star, because they were twins, they grew up with one another and they had a lot of tension between the two of them as well because people used to compare them a lot. Star was the more um, academically intelligent one, but Stella was the more conventionally beautiful one. And so Star ended up, having a lot of issues regarding her weight and she ended up like not really um, loving herself but she actually met a young man named Ty when they were in high school and he like when people were like bullying her and picking on her he actually defended her and people used to call her like a bunch of names and stuff like that call star a bunch of names and then when Ty came around um he actually ended up beating up somebody and beat them up so bad they was in the hospital had to get 14 stitches and, and so nobody really messed with Star after that. Like, everybody just kind of let that alone. But they, she was still somebody who was a little bit overweight. And so she always compared herself to her sister because she always saw her sister as the conventionally beautiful one. And then her sister always compared herself to Star because Stella wasn't the, like, smartest out of the two of them. And so then the tension that ended up happening between them two was, you know, the fact that they were constantly compared against one another and all of that stuff like that. But then what's interesting is that Stella actually ended up taking Star's identity and pretending that she was Star in order to go to college at Spellman. And so she ended up forging a rejection letter and basically making Star believe that Star didn't get into Spellman because both of them applied to the same places. So she made Star believe that she didn't get into Spellman and she ended up taking her place instead. And so that was basically trickery and deceivery, and that was, like, one of the lies that Stella had held in that ended up coming out, you know, um, throughout this thing. Then, um, Leslie is, um, like, as they're getting older, like, one of Leslie's secrets is that, because she's, like, a famed writer, she's got a lot going on for her life, but she hadn't really talked with her family or talked much about her family to anybody, but, um, because she hadn't been like really close with her family anymore, she kind of separated from them, especially since the way that Maxine was treating her, she basically ended up um like going out and kind of doing her own thing and, and starting um her own, you know, books and stuff like that. And so she became a very famed writer. But her secret was that she um ended up like falling in love with and marrying another woman. And so then her secret was basically like her sexuality. And so she's, so all of them have different secrets going on and it's all this like drama and trauma within this family unit. They've all separated. They've all gone their own ways and tried to do their own things, but what brings them all back together. And that's where we pick up in this book is the fact that their mother is about to, to pass away. Their mother's in the hospital and Um, she's very sick and their mother even kept the secret as well, which was the fact that, um, excuse me, I'm sorry, I was about to hiccup, but their mother kept the secret as well, which is the fact that she had stomach cancer. And so all of the sisters literally did not know that all this time she had been, you know, battling stomach cancer until it got really bad and she had passed out on the floor one day. And then Maxine had to rush her to the um, hospital. And then they ended up, that's when they ended up calling everybody and letting them know, hey, this is really bad. She was at stage four stomach cancer. And so that's kind of what brought everybody together. And as they're being brought together, they're bickering and they're fighting and there's just all this tension. And like I said, the dialogue in this book is really enthralling. And so the dialogue is really where you get to see a lot of tension, where you get to see a lot of clashing between the sisters. And you get to see their individual personality showing through. It is a lot of confusion and a lot of like not knowing what one another's really saying, like a lot of misunderstanding between the sisters. And so... As their mother passes and stuff like that, they have to reconcile with one another. Their mother's request was that they would, you know, learn to to be together. And so then they ended up sharing their secrets and upon their mother's request, sharing their secrets. And they ended up like finding out and basically bringing to the light all of the things that were going on and so there's different flashbacks throughout there's different things that explain what was going on and so we as readers now finally fully understand in detail why the sisters feel this way about one another and why they are all so because they all genuinely loathed one another they there because there was so much misunderstanding and there are so many secrets being kept that they did not appreciate one another and so. Their mother passing away or or being on her deathbed is what really brought them together and caused them to reconcile with that. And so then we see that kind of developing over time. And then at the end, they ended up reconciling and being closer with one another, making better decisions, you know, toward the future. And um, ended up actually loving one another, which is really nice to see. So it was a really good ending of the book and so now after kind of giving that synopsis I want to dive into a character analysis. The first character that we're introduced to is Mama Pearlie which is their mother and we're introduced to Maxine but another character that we're introduced to in the beginning is a young man named Petey and so from Petey we get this character of hard working he's he's mowing their lawn and he (laughs) ends up finding out that he's going to get whatever Uh, mama pearly was cooking. Mama Pearlie was cooking something that smelled really delicious. This was right before she had passed out. But um she was cooking something that smelled really delicious and he was asking if he could get a plate. When she when he found out he could get a plate, he put in overtime mowing that lawn so he could make sure he really earned it and finished all of that before you know dinner time. So we get from him this hardworking character and he just seemed like a genuine person. I wanted to see more of PD because we see him at the beginning of the book but he literally was not mentioned at all the rest of the book like it, he never popped back up and I was like I thought he was gonna have a bigger role honestly like I I would have loved to see a bigger role from him but and I thought my anticipation was him being introduced at the beginning of the book I thought that he was going to be like end up with one of the one of the bell girls and I don't remember who he was like, I don't remember if he was related to them somehow I don't think so I think he was somebody i don't remember y'all. i really don't remember but for some reason i thought he was gonna end up with one of the bell girls that was my anticipation but it ended up not working out like that and so i was like okay so i mean i wasn't like booty hurt by it but i was like i would love to see him in a little bit more than just the role that he played then we have a guy named walter walter is the husband of maxine so walter and maxine both live with mama pearlie everybody else, all the other sisters are kind of out in different other regions, but Mama Pearlie, Walter, and Maxine all live in Arkansas, and so I like Walter. Walter is definitely giving, like, prototype vibes. I like the way that he speaks, and, like, he's, he is a preacher in this story. His character is a preacher, and so it's just, like, the way that he talks is, like, very just authentic and comforting and compelling. And he's definitely the person that in this story is the kind of like solid rock, like the one that's very level-headed, very patient, very forbearing. And I really like that. Um, I like that his presence in each of the scenes that he's in is very solid and secure, and like a lot of the the moments in which he's speaking is very to the other people. Is very like comforting, and I really like how that's a lot of the men in this book. Like, a lot of the men in this book are, and this is a book by the way, that is like black girls, (laughs) this is by people, the lack of people. Um, and so even on the front cover, which is what interested me because even on the front cover, you have literal black women depicted. So I was like, okay, this is the book that I kind of want to read, and so. But what's interesting about the book is that all of these are black people and you don't traditionally a lot of times see black men shown as that solid rock in the family right you don't see them typically shown as the comforter and the one that's present and the one that's you know a form of security for the young women that they're in who's they're in the lives of but i like that in this book a lot of the men represented are shown as secure and comforting to the women that they're around, which I love, because it shows that Black women don't have to be strong. Like, it's not that, like, it's not that, you can tell this was written by a Black woman, first of all, because it's not showing Black women as all-powerful, Black women as not needing anybody, anything, you know what I mean? Like, you are seeing them depending on and relying on other people to hold them up and to help them and to support them especially in this troubling time as their mother is facing her deathbed right and she ended up actually dying um in the book so but i i really do like that and i also love the way that he's always the one to mediate like he's the one that tries to bring peace and respect and reason between the sisters he's just a very level-headed person and he's very eloquent in communicating like every time he spoke It was very like his words were very tapered and he wasn't very um irrational which i like and then one of my favorite some of my favorite quotes from the book So on page 22 let me run over there to that so on page 22 he's speaking to his wife this is right when um maxine finds out that her mother you know isn't doing too well she says i can't even think straight and then he says, you don't need to think, just be still. And he like literally, his, he took his body and he stood in front of her. And then he made her hold hands with him and they prayed about the situation. And I just like, it was something about that that I was just like, I love that. Especially since I'm a person who tends to be very like all over the place. Like when he said, you don't need to think, just be still. I felt like that was a direct talking to me because I'm sitting over here thinking like, oh my god like I'm the type of person that does that all the time that I need to be reminded to be still and so I loved that and I loved um the way that he spoke I also loved page 59 and I just wrote down in my notes page 59 love Walter I don't remember what why I said that um oh this is my favorite part okay so he asks her he says (laughs) She's like over here ranting. Maxine is ranting about her sisters. And he says, would you stop? Um, And then he says, I know you're stressed, but I want you to calm down and know that I got you. You're strong, but I got you. And we'll get through this together, okay? And I just, like, I love it. I love it. And he's always the type of person to be asking further questions and, like, stuff like that. Like, inquiring before he makes assumptions, which is really cool. And that's the type of person I, I strive to be, too, and I want to be like that. Is before I make an assumption about people or about situations, I'm going to start asking better questions. You know what I mean? And so, I just, Walter is such a solid character in this book. And I love him. All right. All right. So I'm kind of going through the like side characters before I dive deeper into the actual main characters, which are the sisters. So that's why I'm kind of like going around and like talking about all the people. So the next person on the list is Ty. Ty is the husband of Star and Ty was the one who like in high school defended Star and like stood up for her when she was getting bullied about her weight. And so since then they kind of like had fallen in love and it was really interesting to me like the way that they described how they fell in love it was really cool and so I would encourage you to read that because I don't remember quite exactly how it happened but like the way she wrote it she was like something 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 happened and that's when Ty fell in love with Star and then she goes on further and then she's like something 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 happened and that's when Star fell in love with Ty and it's just like it's so simple and it's so basic but like you can tell that they really had a strong connection because of the way that he treated her and because of the way that um she depended on him and so it was just really cool like i don't i don't recall the specifics of it but it was just really good once again he's portrayed as a very comforting and protecting and secure place for his wife it was nice to see how content him and star were together with their five kids like they really weren't trying to do the most he wasn't super rich you know he was literally jumping from job to job side hustle to side hustle trying to sell and get things and like star was completely content with that and content with him um you know doing that and they had those five kids and stuff like that and so it was just really cool to see that and it was cool to see that like he really loved her even even though like at first she had a lot of self-esteem problems and like a lot of people wouldn't conventionally want to go for a girl who is overweight and like you know what i mean but he like him just continuing to love her and stuff like that like despite that i loved that and i loved also that he like she went to therapy and stuff like that and so he would always remind her like remember what your therapist said and because she had star had a lot of anger issues and that was one of the biggest things that was kind of a struggle for her too was anger issues and people holding her to her past of, of being angry and breaking things and throwing things And so a lot of people were trying to hold her to her past, even her sister, her twin sister, was trying to hold her to her past. And Star kept trying to tell them, like, no, like, I'm a different person now. Like, I'm doing therapy and I'm, like, working through that. But, like, a lot of people didn't want to believe her. And so to see the way that Ty would just really calm her down and, like, she would always lay her head in his lap and he would be, like, stroking her hair just to help her calm down instead of being so angry about stuff was, like, really nice. And I think what I really appreciated about their relationship was how in tune Ty was with his wife. Like he knew how to comfort her in those times of turmoil. And because of the way the sisters acted with one another, there was a lot of turmoil. Like (laughs) when I say turmoil, girl, I mean tur and turmoil. That's what I mean right there. Um, So it was really cool. I also loved how Lincoln um, was represented in the show, so Lincoln was the one who was in a relationship with Stella, and it was really interesting because at first Stella was very emotionally unavailable to him, but she still kind of like used him for like you know pleasure and stuff like that. Um, and at first he kind of gave Tariq to Rod vibe, I mean, not Tariq to he gave Tariq vibes from Abbott Elementary. Um, but over time we actually see his character develop, and it was really interesting because we see how he is very in- well at the beginning he's very intentional like he's like he makes it clear I want to be in a relationship with you He's like basically telling her like I don't want to be married yet but I do want to be in a relationship with you and she's kind of like I don't want a relationship I don't want marriage I don't want nothing right but she still wants him to be there but then she doesn't want a relationship so then she's kind of just like leading him on and like carrying on like that and then she doesn't really trust him that much right and she kind of doubts him too because she comes from background a very like the job that she's in and stuff like that she actually is like a contractor for the um Atlanta Falcons which is a football team which was also a way that I connected to the book because I was like I know these things like I know the Atlanta Falcons I heard of them I know them you know what I mean so she was talking about that and she's talking about how um she was like very financially stable and stuff like that but then she didn't want to be in a relationship with him because he wasn't financially stable he was trying to get his catering business up but like it wasn't really working out and then he's trying to get his acting He was trying to do acting and certain things and then, and so then she's listening to the advice of her friend and her friend's like girl don't be with him like he don't know really what he's doing and then she's kind of doubting that and so it's just this whole thing of like him not actually making the money that she wants him to make and then him wanting to be with her and da 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 da, da. and so but we see over time their relationship actually develop, and it was really cool how he was very honest with his intentions, even though she wasn't. And he was literally like, "I want to be here for you. I want to love you. I want to show you that I'm capable of doing this, and that I'm capable of like being what you need me to be. But I want you to be." And he would say this like he would he would be like, "I want you to let me know what do you want to do," um. And so that was just really interesting to me, and I liked that. So those are all like the three men that are that are represented in the story for each of the um they're like the significant others for each of the girls and then leslie of course um had Nona who was her wife well they were like dating at first but they in the book were introduced to her like in that moment when they're getting married and stuff like that and so um Nona she not really talked about much but she does seem like a cool character like she's she does her side character part well She's just very supportive of Leslie, and you could tell that there's obviously like um a little bit of tension between them just because Leslie's not in the same place of um acceptance of herself as Nona is. So Nona's like fully like and it's because Nona's family also supports her in that. But Nona's like fully like, yeah, this is who I am, and this is what I'm gonna do. And yes, I'm married um to a woman, and like that's what I want to do, right? And then Leslie's kind of like she wants that, but then also she's not like fully acceptant of that. And so then Nona is just kind of patient with her and bearing through that. So we see all of these side characters just playing their role really well. But I really love how the young men are represented in the story because we don't see that a lot from black um, stories that involve black men. And so it's nice to see that they have jobs and that they're committed to their wives and to their um, girlfriends. And they really want to be intentional without being forceful or anything like that so was cool then we move on to miss pearly so now we're getting into some of the main characters right oh wait let me go over mother channing first and then oh i have a couple more people to go over so mother channing is the best friend of mama pearly um and so mother channing like I wrote her down because she's somebody I want to be like. She doesn't have a main role in this at all. Like even as a side character, she doesn't have a, a lot of parts. But she does come in toward the beginning and the end, and she's somebody who I want to be like when I get older. For some reason, on page two hundred seven, let me look. Let me look it up. So she said something that was so funny to me. She said basically there was a whole situation between Mama Pearlie and her sister Paula. And Paula came up to the hospital, and she was acting a plum fool. And so Mother Channing came in, and she was telling Paula. Everybody was telling Paula she need to leave. And then Mother Channing said, at the end, she said, "Now let me go to this altar and ask God for forgiveness for what I'm gonna do to Paula when I see her." I said, "Not asking for forgiveness before she even do what she, she said. When I see her, I need to pray for forgiveness for what I'm about to do." Like when Mama, when Mother Channing said that. I said, it's giving very much. She's going to, whatever she gonna do, she gonna push Paula up against the wall in a corridor with no camera in sight. That's what it was giving. She go drag Paula in the an alleyway. And so she was asking God for forgiveness before she did that. And I thought that was so funny. Like just, I don't know, it was her whole character, her or her whole aura of just being like the calm in the sea and like just being very, Funny, but also being very, um, like not not playing around. You know what I mean? Type of vibe. I just love that. So Mother Channing, I stand her. Um, then let's talk about Paula. So Paula is the sister to Mama Pearlie, and Paula is a trip because Paula is the one who's married to Kenny, and Kenny is the one who raped his niece Maxine when she was fourteen, right? And so when when Kenny had raped Maxine and then Maxine, because Maxine had tried to keep it quiet because he said if she told anybody, she would, he would uh kill her family and her sister. So she didn't say no, nothing to nobody. Cause mind you, the girl is 14. Like she's scared for her life and she's scared for um, her family life. Like, it's not like she could be like, oh, I need to go tell the police. She thinking the man's gonna kill everybody. So like, she's, you know, scared for her life, scared to say something, traumatized by the situation. And so then finally, when she's pregnant, her mama find out that she's pregnant because she tried to hide it. But her mama knew all along. And so her mama ended up finding out when she had gotten out of the bathtub one day. Her mama had walked in and she saw, you know, her pregnant belly. And so then she asked what happened. And that's when Maxine had told her everything. And so then Mama Pearlie had went and this is this is why I love mama pearly and I'm gonna talk a little bit more about her later but why I love her is because she went up to Paula and Kenny's house and she brought a shotgun. That woman shot Kenny she was about to shoot him in the head but and she thought she shot him in the thigh instead and um (laughs) I just thought that was so fun like she had she had no hesitation soon as she found out about Maxine being pregnant by Kenny, she literally two days later, I think it took her like two days to process. I think she was thinking on what she wanted to do, and then she took two days to process. Y'all, she took that shotgun, she loaded it up, she ran over it, and she shot Kenny in the leg. And then Paula got all upset and she was like, Why are you doing this? Because Paula didn't know that this had happened. And so then Paula's finding out right then and there, and Paula ended up saying, well, you know that your daughter, talking about Maxine, you know that she's fast and that she's she she was the one that um, seduced my husband. Girl, what? That girl was 14. Ain't no way she's seducing a grown man. Like, really? And so Paula is somebody I don't like in this story because how dare you, first of all, say that about a child? and say that that child who has experienced a traumatic situation oh it's just because of her no you need to control your husband your husband needs to learn a thing or two about not falling into temptation or lust like no that's it's just a horrible situation and when it does the flashback to the actual situation and what he actually says to maxine and what he actually does like it was disgusting it was horrible i was like literally as i was reading it i was like Crying because I was like, that like, how could somebody do this to people? And if they do it because the sin is in them, because we all say to fall short of glory of God, and people are just evil, and people just do evil things, and so that just hurt my heart to see. But for for Paula to say that it was Maxine's fault, and not to take into consideration what her husband could have done, like she immediately blamed it on Maxine. She immediately was like, No, my husband would never do that. And that's the type of woman I can't stand. The type of woman who, when your husband does something and you immediately think, no, they can't do that. There's no way they could do that. Or like even parents with their children and they be like, oh, my child would never do that. You don't know what your child would do. Your child be acting a plum fool in our classroom and you talking about your child would never do that? No. How about I video them and I show you what they look like? (laughs) Because yes, your child would do something like that, especially if you weren't there. So it's just interesting to me that she would do that and i just oof. so then she comes up to the hospital starting drama she pull up and everybody like who is she we don't really know who she is but maxine knew sure and well who she was and so then everybody was like well basically that was when they had all found out what happened and so then when they finally found out that she was the wife of kenny oh girl walter maxine's husband was mad when she heard the name kenny come out of that woman's mouth she was like, because cause Paula had said, Kenny's waiting in the car. And Walter was the one that remembered, because remember he's Maxine's wife. And so when Maxine had finally told him, like, who had raped her and stuff like that, when he finally heard that name, Kenny, boy, he was heated. He was ready to punch somebody. And he's supposed to be the preacher. He was ready to punch somebody, y'all. He was about to get hot. And then he just told Paula she needed to leave. And then everybody kind of stood in her way to block the door so she wouldn't go in there and bother Mama Pearlie, who was in the hospital bed. And so uh Everybody had just told Paula to leave and da 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 da, and they all were like, you know, standing together to to kick Paula out. Then Paula wanna come up when it's time for the funeral for Mama Pearlie. Paula wanna come up and say she wanna be in the funeral procession. They said uh, with the family, they said, yeah, you can be, but Kenny is not allowed to be here, mind you, Kenny is a rapist. So they don't want him in the family procession, right? Especially since he caused so much drama and strife in the family. So they was like, you, Paula, as an individual can come, but you may not bring your husband, Kenny. Then she was like, I got to bring Kenny, because Kenny, da 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 And so then they said, OK, well, then you just going to have to meet us at the um, church. You ain't allowed to come in the funeral procession with the family. She got all heated about that, talk about she's supposed to be there because she her sister. girl miss me with all of that so I didn't like Paula in the story then let's move on to Kenny Kenny hate him hate him hate him period like he was just a disgusting character and he even had the nerd, like just when you read the book and you see the words he actually said to Maxine when you see the actual things that he did it was disgusting and then he gonna come back at the end of the story come and talking to Leslie mind you Leslie is his daughter mind you he ain't talked to her in years and now he wanna come up talking about he wanna he old and he he got he got whatever disease and he wanna just reconcile their relationship and he wanna apologize and make things right and he wanna do something, something, something. Miss me with that. Leslie said, Nah, I'm okay, you can leave <laughs> And then Maxine ended up coming out and Maxine and Walter was heated. Both of them had walked out and they was heated and then Walter had stopped at the porch. He didn't uh, go all the way to where Maxine was going to stand next to Leslie. And then as soon as Maxine had walked out, Kenny got back in the car and left. And then Maxine was like, what did he say? What did he do? Whatever. And then Leslie was filling her in on that. But Kenny was just an abomination. He was just horrid. Um, and then there's another character who's not a main character, which is all of their dads. So Maxine, Stella, and uh, Star's dad. But their dads all died in a car accident. Um, they all died in a car. He car. He died in a car accident because he was a truck driver. And it was something that really hurt their family. So we didn't see him much, but you could tell from the way that they described him that he was a good man and that, you know, like a lot of the other men who are represented, minus Kenny, um, that he was just somebody who was, like, good for the family. So, anywho, that is a rundown of all of the side characters or characters that didn't really play a large part. Now on to the main characters. So we have the main character, Miss Pearlie. Miss Pearlie is just like my mama. Like she reminds me so much of my mama. She is the typical southern mama, typical southern grandmama, where she is always cooking. She is always doing a lot for everybody, working herself to the bone. She cooking big pots and pans and stuff. Um, And I love her. But one of the things I thought was so funny was when she went up and shot Uncle Kenny, um that was I felt like that was something my mama would do like my mama is not afraid to do stuff like that and if she had a shotgun and some situation like that happened oh boy she probably wouldn't have shot him in the leg she would have shot him in the head girl she would have been she would have done it she would have jumped on him and so it just miss pearly gives very much old southern mama old southern grandmama vibes that's the vibe that she gets and all of these people are like in their like 30s and 40s at this point in the story so it's a lot of flashbacks to their childhood and it's a lot of that but like they're all like 30 and 40 in this and then miss Pearlie, mama pearly is like um i don't know how old is she probably like 60 70 in this i think i don't know um maxine was Another main character. She was one of the sisters. She was the oldest sister. My first speculation was that Maxine was tired of having to watch. Because I was wondering why did she get so angry with Leslie? And that was a question that was happening a lot throughout the story. It was like, why was she so angry with Leslie in particular? Like, she was very bossy with Stella and Star. But she was very angry with Leslie. And um, I thought it was because she was tired of having to watch them. Instead of getting to actually be a kid. But the truth of it was that she despised it because it was a haunting memory. Like it was traumatizing for her to have a kid after being raped, which is why I cannot get behind people who are so against abortions. When people face this daily where they have faced a traumatizing situation and that is why they're pregnant. And then to have a child now who is also traumatized for the rest of their life because their their mother or their like their mother basically hates them because of that memory that they have of whoever raped them like that i cannot get behind people who hate abortions so much that they can't even consider this other perspective of why people get abortions right and so anywho um that just was something i had to just get off my chest but um yeah so maxine she's a dope character she's very type a personality very much a stickler she's very like perfectionist wants things to be perfect wants things to be great um, wants everybody to like get along but also isn't a good mediator like she wants everyone to get along wants everyone to like do their and so her version of mediating is just having letting everybody do whatever they want to do And she's like the way that she speaks is not very eloquently and so she ends up actually causing a lot more strife sometimes when she speaks um and then Stella is one of the twins she's a little bit younger than Maxine and she has the typical story of like being a big town girl and going back home um, to her hometown. But I feel like I see this play out a little bit differently. Like she is a big town girl, but what's interesting about her leaving her small town to be the big city life is that the, the interesting thing about her story is that she actually lied to get there. So she actually lied, forged her sister's, um, rejection letter and so she ended up being deceptive to get where she is and i think that's an interesting take on the story of like being a small-town girl going to the big city like i've never seen that before where they've actually lied to get there where they've actually like took their sister's identity basically um and accomplishments and that, like that was so interesting to me. so we see that plan a little bit differently um stella also is in a relationship with um, lincoln but it's very like tricky like she's doesn't want to be in a relationship like a committed relationship with him but she still wants him there he wants to be in a committed relationship so they're kind of going back and forth back and forth and then she finally finds out um as she's watching everybody else being comforted by their significant other throughout the time that she's with her family as her mother's passing, she's kind of wanting somebody to be there and comforting her too. And that's when she keeps thinking about Lincoln. Now she was the one that I thought was gonna get with Petey for some reason. Like I thought Petey was gonna, like I thought it was gonna be one of those things where you go back to your hometown and then you end up finding, you know, the love of your life, whatever, whatever. But she ends up actually staying with Lincoln and they end up getting together officially. So that was cool. Star is the other twin and we actually see a lot of character development in her I feel like I feel like she was one of the main characters who actually developed quite a bit so we see her as a younger Stella so the younger or the younger star I mean her name is actually Ella but she goes by star because everybody used to confuse her and her sister and so as a younger star she's very like low on self-esteem very angry and bitter can't control her anger and then we see her as this adult star who's very like content with where she is, not easily angered, very peaceful. Even when she finds out Stella stole her identity and like basically took the opportunity that she could have had. Um, And Stella was like, well, I know you wouldn't have gone anyway because you wanted to stay here with Ty. And Ty was like, girl, what you mean? I was going to move with her to Atlanta if she ended up getting into Spellman." And so basically Stella had moved on an Ascension and then anywho after finding out all of that though Star still was chill about it though Star was like well me and Ty were talking about it and like it was in the past so there's nothing I can do about that now like there's no reason getting angry because there's genuinely nothing I can do and I felt like that was very mature of her and I felt like that was a sign of her growth throughout the story we also see that she you know gotten five kids and she's just chilling and so you can see that she's very much content with who she is and how she is which is a lot different than what we see from the younger star. then we see leslie i'm still dissecting like her character a little bit because i don't fully see like i didn't fully see a lot of her character development i think one of the main things of her character development was her just being more open with her sexuality and who she was um but i didn't really see like Well, I mean, I guess I could say that I did see a little bit more character development in that she had to face kind of that um, trauma of her sister, who she thought was her sister her whole life, actually is her mother and then all that stuff like that. Her mother, who she thought was her whole life, is actually her grandmother. And so she's having to face all of that. And it's just like, um, but the thing I did not really like about her character and, and this is something that I will say, I see it everybody, but I saw it more so here is that everybody was comforting to, comforted by their significant others. But I think it's because her significant other was a um, therapist by trade, like her significant other was actually a therapist. I felt like sometimes it ended up being a little bit one-sided of like her just running to her as like, a like, because she literally was like, yeah, she started out as my friend, she's been my therapist, and now she's my wife. And it's like, okay, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like, that was kind of how like they described the progression of their relationship. And I was like, okay, but for me, I feel like sometimes with the therapy part of it, like it just feels like sometimes one-sided, but I don't think it was one-sided in a relationship. And so I think that's just my perception of it at times. There were certain parts in it where it felt like, is she like actually relying on her as a significant other or is she relying on her like like a therapist, right? Um, but I think you could say that about any of the people. So I mean, I'm still dissecting that. But ultimately, I feel like just the interesting plot twist within Leslie's character was the fact that she was facing and, and this is one of the topics that I want to get into too, is Throughout the story, it talks a lot about colorism, and Leslie was one of the main characters who faced a lot of colorism, mainly because she was darker skinned and the reason why she was darker skinned mind you is because you know she she was the child of of um Kenny and Kenny was a darker skinned man, and so she ended up getting a lot of hate because her siblings all did not match her same complexion and so everybody in her family star Stella, you know Maxine, all that stuff like that they did not have her same complexion. She was very dark-skinned. And then Mama Pearlie used to tell her all the time, like, you are the most beautiful out of all of us because you, of your rich complexion, et cetera, et cetera. But what was interesting was that she ended up actually getting a lot of hate for the color of her skin. You know, people would always be like, oh, you're pretty for a dark-skinned girl, da-da-da-da-da. But also Maxine used to really be mean to her and really chastise her for the color of her skin. And I think that this the reason why is because it's out of her trough, right like I don't think Maxine would do that just because of the color of her skin, but I think it's because the fact that she faced such a traumatic situation that she saw that skin complexion she saw the image of her rapist in Leslie, and she took out all her anger on Leslie, and so she used to call her things like midnight, et cetera, et cetera. but another thing that I thought was interesting also was The fact that the situation in which Maxine was traumatized happened at midnight, so it's like some of it has an underlying symbolic type of terminology, you could say. And so, I just thought that that was really interesting. So, she faces all her life this issue of colorism and complexion and like not really being content in her skin, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Maxine wanted to do certain things to try to lighten her skin, but we see that a lot of the reason, now there is some reason behind it just of people being mean, but a lot of the reason why she faced so much colorism too was because of Maxine's Trump. And so some like topics that this book covers, it talks about weight issues and self-esteem, the impact of fat jokes. Like I'm a person who, when I, and I described this and when I was talking about my core values that I value, like I love humor. But I do not like humor that is playing on other people's insecurities, but also is playing on other people's physical attributes. And so we see a lot of people making fat jokes about Star and how that impacts her. We see the impact of your words and language and what you call people, especially when it relates to colorism, um, saying things like, oh, you're pretty for a dark-skinned girl or saying things like calling her midnight, calling her blackie, etc., like that. That all is talked about here. So the book talks about weight issues and colorism book also talks about the effects of rape it talks about family dysfunction and trauma it talks about communication with family and family counseling which was a big thing that I saw arise in this book was the importance of family counseling the importance of therapy for individuals and for the collective family um and I also saw the importance of like working through your own trauma and also processing how you might have traumatized others. And so I think that those are all very key points that happened and things that just are interesting topics that it talks about. And it doesn't talk about it in a way of, like, trying to be very – you know how some books are, like, trying to be so aware? Like, it's like, okay, calm down. Like, this is not supposed to be – uh, um documentary on all of these different issues, but it does talk about and address those certain issues through the characters' struggles and characters' successes. So that was really interesting. Um, we also see character development. Um, we see Star extending grace as a sign of her growth on page 13. We see her actually extending grace towards Stella instead of getting angry about it, which I thought was a very... A key point in the book we also see Maxine suggesting that they rest which was interesting because at the beginning of the book when she first finds out that her mother's in the hospital she is all over the place she doesn't want to leave she doesn't want to rest the doctor and Walter literally had to force her out of the hospital and so that it was interesting to see that on page 214 she is now like this is toward the end of the book she is now actually requesting that all of the sisters go home and rest. Like she's like, hey, let's all go home and rest. But right before they actually do that, the doctor comes back out, so they didn't do that. But it was interesting that she was thinking about suggesting that when she was the main one who wasn't resting at the beginning. And then we also see Stella's character development with Lincoln and how over time she actually becomes more emotionally um, available for him. And then they end up actually having a really good relationship and a really good moment at the end of the story. Um, I think that some of the connections that I had to the book it had a lot of places that I'm familiar with. Um, Leslie and Nona lived in Houston. They talk a lot about like where they when they were driving, they talked about Shreveport, which is in Louisiana. They talked about passing through Monroe, which is in Louisiana. All of the family lives in Arkansas. Like that's where Mama Pearlie lived and Maxine and Walter. Um, what's her name? Stella and Lincoln both lived in Atlanta. And then I forgot where, I forgot where Star and Thai lived, but it was just, like, it, it was a lot of places that I've heard of before and that I've actually lived in. I was born in Monroe, Louisiana, so, like, when I saw that, I was like, yo, what's up? Like, we literally had a lot of connections to that, so it was definitely, like, you could tell these were, and this was written by somebody who actually knows a thing or two about the South. Um, also, the food that they talked about, like, literally was talking about how what they were having for dinner one day, and it talked about the macaroni and cheese and the collard greens and the um, fried chicken, and then at one point, um, one of the deacons from the church came over to fry them some catfish. I was like, girl, this sounds like what my mama made, like literally. So it's just such a cool. I love reading books that connect to the life that I know, and so it was cool to see that because I've never really read a bunch of books that do that, and especially when I read books about Black people. It's like sometimes I can't actually relate to it because it's talking about this experience of you know people who live in New York and in Harlem and in a lot of urban cities. I'm not really familiar with a lot of that. Like that's not my story. And so when I'm reading about these country girls, you know what I'm saying? I can relate a little bit more to that, even though I'm not myself like very country. But my family, we like know of it. So anyway, um, another thing that I thought was cool was <laughs> page two hundred. 38 they were sharing a memory about how um mama pearly used to cut the heads of chickens and they would laugh when the chicken you know rest of the chicken body was running around and squirming around and um and how leslie was kind of traumatized the first time she saw it happen, but everybody else was laughing and i thought that was funny because my mom talks about that all the time about how like when she was younger her grandma used to cut the heads off of the chickens and like they would have to hold the chicken down while she cut the head off and then they would all laugh and think it was really funny when this chicken was squirming around. And, you know, you do that when you're kids. Like, you think it's funny and stuff like that. Um, But it was so funny about how she, like, my mom has that distinct memory and how that memory was, like, reflected in this book. And then also, I thought it was very nice. This is a connection that I had to the book. I thought it was very nice to see Black women actually being loved for and cared by their significant others. And, like, you see them being genuinely supported, them being applauded, them being... Um, just feeling safe and secure. And I've got that vibe a lot from this book, which I loved. It gave me an image of what I want my relationship with my significant other to be like. And I thought that was sweet. Another thing that I liked was page 246. It actually hits on a key point about um, relationships and the importance of them. So it says, boo, 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 boo she says it says stella, this is when lincoln when she finds out that she actually really loves lincoln so lincoln came down to where she was at her mama's at her mom's house and um he ended up like helping her out and just helping with things so he's taking stuff to the car stars talking about he's a keeper stella is now like reflecting and she's thinking like this is the narrator talking about how stella feels and it says it felt good to have someone take control of her well-being to be able to share the emotional weight of supporting her and stepping up in ways she didn't expect. I like that phrase, control of her well-being and be able to share the emotional weight of supporting her. Like I thought that was a really good way of phrasing what it's like to be in any relationship, whether it's family, friends, significant other, to have someone to share in that emotional weight with, I think is really important. I liked that key point on the benefit of relationships. I also liked page 247 when it said the quote, your roots determine how you sprout. I thought that was important because it's so true. If your roots are rotten, if your roots are not sturdy or firm, if your roots are not extended and you don't have the space to truly grow, your sprout is going to be affected by that. Like you cannot grow and thrive unless your roots are solid. And so, um, I thought that was important because it truly shows how like your family and the way that you were raised, it determines how you sprout and what you set up for yourself determines how you sprout. I also liked on page 248 when it said, love the life God gave you, stop trying to create a different one. Like that to me stood out. I love that quote and I loved the mentioning of Christ and how, you know, various people throughout the story have relationships with God. And it was just apparent that that was something that was important. Um, I loved that quote: "Love the life that God gave you. Stop trying to create a different one." Like sometimes I find myself doing that, where I try to, um, I try to create a different story. I try to create a fantasy of how I want things to happen. And it's like just love what God has already given you, and stop trying to create this. You're not the writer, babes. You're not the writer. You're not the director. Stop trying to direct this movie stop trying to take control stop trying to write in what you want to say you should simply enjoy the love the life that god has given you stop trying to create a different one i also really loved that everyone struggled with something that was relatable but it didn't actually have to do always with their skin tone or their race or where they like you know how a lot of books it's like definitely a prominent theme that your race is a majority like it wasn't apparent in this book that that, like they had actual problems that were not related to their race except for Leslie's you know on colorism and stuff like that was related to her skin tone but all of the things that it talks about such as weight issues or rape or family discuss dysfunction or just arguing with siblings not connecting with one another like those are all things that just are human conditions that everybody faces and so I really liked hearing that type of story instead of just always hearing about, you know, people struggling with race and struggling with things like of that nature which is what we typically see in black literature. Um and so that's pretty much the whole thing. My only qualm that I have with this book is that I I would prefer for the book to not have such a happily ever after type of ending where everyone is married and in love like I think that's typically what we see a lot in books is like people often are paired off right so it's almost like Noah's Ark and I love to call this like the Noah's Ark ending where everyone in the story ends up finding their match and we all love that because we all innately have this deep desire to find our match. But I think sometimes it gets played out because it almost makes it seem like in order for it to be a happy ending, everyone has to get paired off. And so that Noah's Ark type of ending where everyone finds their match and it's two by two getting on the boat, it's like it's getting kind of old for me and I'm kind of over it. I want to see a different type of ending. And so um, basically at the end, everybody has a pair. Maxine and Walter, Leslie and Nona. um, What's it called? Star and Ty. I mean, Star and Ty and... Maxine and Walter was already a thing throughout like we already knew that but then Leslie and Nona and then um Stella and and Lincoln like everybody is matched up at the end of the book and so it's great and that's a great thing to have but it just makes it seem like you can only be happy when you're married or when you are in a relationship and I don't really subscribe to that I think there's a different type of happiness that you experience when you're in marriage and it's great and I think it's a different type of happiness that you experience when you're in a relationship. And that's wonderful. But that's not the only way to be happy. And it makes it seem almost as if to tie a final bow final bow on everything. You have to get married and you have to do that because that's what's going to make you happy. But it was a really good book. And it must have been a really good book because, y'all, I finished it in a day. Like, I literally got it yesterday and I finished it last night (laughs) i stayed up i think i stayed up to like 12 reading it but like i mean that's nothing especially since like i'm i've got all the free time in the world now um but like i loved it it was a really good book had a really good theme really good showing of family and the importance of communicating and the importance of working through your own individual traumas and reflecting um and i just loved Hearing the different dynamics in the story. And I feel like a lot of voices were represented. I feel like a lot of people were represented. And I think it just gave what it needed to give. Anywho, that's my analysis on the book, Miss Pearly's Girls by Rashonda Tate Bingsley. Hope you enjoy and are encouraged now to actually read the book. See y'all soon. Bye bye.